What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. 50th episode, so we did something special. Had a special guest on. Went over college football, of course. Then we broke down the NBA. Went into MLB. There were some more awards given out. And then we talked about the big Yankees trade. Finally, we did our college basketball preview during the season, but it still is our preview so enjoy this one. We will be back with part two right after. Follow us at Sorry Sports on Twitter, Sorry underscore Sports on Instagram. Always check out the website, SorrySports.com. Sean's article will be finished up and up there as soon as possible. And give us an email at SorrySports at Yahoo.com. And enjoy the pod. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt Sports Podcast. We are live on Thanksgiving morning. Happy holiday to all you guys listening out there. Um, We're doing a special thing for our 50th episode. We have hit the half century mark. We are really looking forward to this. Special guest on today. We got a special guest, uh, Tom's cousin, Will. Will, what's going on, man? Will Smith is What's up, his guys? Name. What's up? Believe it what's or up? not, how are you, buddy? I'm feeling pretty battle-tested today, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, Let's uh, get it. Looking forward to it. It's a nice balmy 18 degrees it's here in uh, Connecticut. We're hunkered really down. Um, yes. so well, everyone knows where we live. Thank you, Sean. Absolutely. You're welcome, man. Um, <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> so, yeah, Will is uh, Will's my cousin. His name is Will Smith, believe it or not. Um, but, yeah. It's a power name. Big, it is big time Cowboys fan. Bigger Cowboys fan than you or I are Yankees fans. That's scary. I will put it to you this way: if the Cowboys are losing to the Redskins at halftime today, and he will be at my house for Thanksgiving, cars already warmed up. Ready he to go. will. He will have the, <laughs> the remote starter on the car ready to go. He will leave without even saying goodbye. Not even an Irish goodbye. Just get up. And just leave. get out in with peace. Tears in his eyes. Tears rolling down the face. He can't even wait till you get car. into the car to, to start crying. Nope. All right. Nah, he'll be walking out with tears in. Well, the face. we're gonna start today with just doing our regular Monday rundown um so obviously a few days late but we'll just preview some of the college football games that are coming up this week like i said sean and i got jobs will doesn't but we have jobs (laughs) no job working working sucks man it It really it it really sucks um so so we're gonna jump right into the college football coming up from this week last week as we mentioned there really wasn't anything too notable notre dame just completely overwhelmed syracuse at yankee stadium that game was never close um, and they handled business as such. So we got five games on the slate to really pay attention to this week. We'll start with the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa, Alabama versus Auburn. Shocker. This is just the on upset alert. Anything can happen in these rivalry games. By the way, I know you texted me. Your thought is about Bama and the Citadel on Saturday. Well, that's because this guy texted I me. Texted and goes, oh, <laughs> How great was that? 10, 10. And then I said to him, they're probably going to win 57 to 10 and score 47. What he actually answered. texted me was, does Sean kill himself if they lose this game? And I was like, probably. Those were my exact words. <laughs> I appreciate you looking out. Um, but <laughs> but no, they took care of business. Uh, what are you thinking for the Iron Bowl? Is there any kind of upset alert here, even in Tuscaloosa? Um, you know, Bama's a little beat up. Are they looking forward to the SEC championship game or no. what? Alabama wins by 20. I was going to say 17, but 20 is pretty good. All right, we'll take Either we'll way, take so we, we, you think it's going to be a pretty – they're going to roll pretty easily. I agree with you there. I don't think Auburn's that good. Um, anytime they play uh, in Auburn, that game scares it a little bit more. But in Tuscaloosa, I don't think – I don't foresee it being much. Now, the prime game of the day. We've waited all season for this. Well, I want to get your take on it too. 
Ohio State, Michigan, and Columbus. Ohio State still ranked 10th. Michigan still ranked 4th. They've done basically everything they can do ever since that tough loss to Notre Dame to start the season. Where are you guys thinking here? I think Michigan's defense is very good. Probably the best in the in the country. Um, but I don't think Ohio State has what it takes to beat them. Yeah, I mean, the game being in Columbus, I think, gives them that really good advantage. Obviously, Harbaugh's yet to beat Ohio State and Urban Meyer. So... I think that when you're looking up and down, everything's got to be everything's got to be locked down for Michigan and in, in this game. I mean, they got to take advantage. Ohio State has not played that well. No, not at all. And they they, they should have lost to Maryland. I on was going to say they they barely barely won against Maryland in overtime. So that was an interesting game, and we all know how we were rooting in that game. But oh, 100 percent. Even though Maryland is not the world's greatest program right now either, and they're in a hell of a lot of trouble. <laughs> they really are. Still, we'll take it over. What are your predictions Ohio for State? this game? How do you think this is going to go? Is this a 20 to 17 slugfest? Is this going to go gonna a little bit more gonna high run scoring? The ball down their throat. I, I would say that. I don't know how you guys. Feel. I just don't see Ohio State. You know, coming up and putting up a lot of points against that defense. I could see Michigan literally winning. You know, like thirteen to three. Yeah, just running out the clock. One of those classic Big Ten games. Yeah, yeah. they've been doing that all year. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Ohio State's actually struggled to score points. You know, with the exception of that Maryland game, they haven't looked that great offensively. They've they've scored a lot of points that I think are kind of like garbage touchdowns. Uh, gotten lucky with some pick sixes and and fumble recoveries. But their offense hasn't looked great. Haskins hasn't really looked good since like September or like into mid-October. He's struggled a couple weeks now in a row. And the way that that Michigan defense has been playing, the way that that running game's been on point, they're just dominating physically on both sides of the ball. And I think this is probably going to be the year that Harbaugh finally takes down Ohio State. That'd be fine by me because maybe he'll be the Jets coach. <laughs> I got you excited about that last week. Either Harbaugh, you know, after we talked Garrett, about it. Jason Garrett Stop coaching it, the Jets dude. next year. I, I told you that I, if they even get a sniff of him, I'm jumping off the top of MetLife Stadium. I said that on a podcast. And I know I you know, heard honey. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think every, everybody's heard that. Yeah, and now no. Tom has to has to save himself from dying uh, just thinking about that. Um, yeah, I almost choked myself out there thinking about <laughs> it. Thanks for that. So that's definitely the highlight game of the week. And that's going to throw a whole monkey wrench into the college football playoff. Because, honestly, if Ohio State wins this game, they're going into the, the Big Ten Championship. You're not going to get a two-win Michigan team in there. Ohio State, if they could beat the Northwestern, which looks like who's going to represent out of the Big Ten West, then... They're, they're going to go two lost Michigan. Teams? Yeah, if they lose. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So if they so if Ohio State gets in, I mean, they're going to have they're going to have one of the worst losses of any team. And then you would have to deal with that whole issue from last year, which is can you get a team in there who lost so badly to a team that's not even ranked and put them in? I guess you're going to have to look Same up and down. Yeah. And they didn't make it last year, right? They didn't make it because of that loss to Iowa. Yeah. So they, they've been dealing with something similar this year. Uh, they were a two-loss team last year. Remember, they lost to Oklahoma early. But if they go down, if, if, if they somehow beat Michigan, that's everything's upset, and you have no idea. Then maybe you're looking at a Georgia getting in. Then maybe you're looking at, I can't believe I'm saying it, you're maybe looking at a Washington State getting in. What do you guys think? Hey. I guess I'm rooting for Ohio State then this game, huh? <laughs> Your boys I from Wazoo. State is uh, Tom's Tom's boys there. What do you think about a team like UCF, who's undefeated? I don't think they have a chance. Lot. I don't think they have a chance. No. I think the committee. We've talked about this before. I yeah, think. I think the committee's just going to look out and say, "Listen, we respect that you guys have been playing this well, but you just, you, you know, they they don't play anybody. That conference isn't good." 
and they'll get a nice bowl game, and they'll have an opportunity to do what they did Probably last year, it. which is roll over Auburn. Um, you know, a team like that, though. But you have to build. If you're a program like this, you have to do that Boise State kind of thing, where you have to show you're going to have to kind of be undefeated for a couple years before you get any kind of real and ne- play recognition. Some, and your non-conference schedule has to be really, really stout as yeah. well. And theirs has not been at all. No, whatsoever. they haven't played anybody really of note to to begin the season or any kind of game. Look late, at me so. chopping it up with college football, I'm <laughs> Tom. It's like a, a whole. It's like a whole conversation. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, it's like watching. It's like watching your uh, baby brother grow up. Um, but <laughs> let's move on to the next game. Notre I, Dame at USC. Don't know why this is on the list because this is a thirty-point loss. But I guess Notre Dame's ranked third. If they lose, that's really the only way you go with these you games. You want upset man. alert right now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Whoa. You can. You they're, you they're going they're out west. I mean, they've been playing so great. They, they overlook. They don't have a conference championship game to play in. This is kind of it for them before you know getting into the college football playoff. Do you guys see this being close in any way, shape, or form? I think if you know Sam Darnold was still there, maybe. But uh, I think Notre Dame would fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, you think that they're just gonna take care of business, go out there. Sam, my my fucking baby boy. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I had to do it. Oh God. Um. All right. Yeah. So I, I mean, personally, I don't think I don't think this game's gonna be close at all. I I just think I, they're they're way they're the talent level is just so so far. I was apart. really impressed with the way they played against Syracuse. I thought that game would be closer. Not in a way where I thought that Notre Dame would lose, but I really thought that game was going to be much closer. Yeah. Notre Dame just, I mean, they're they're dominating it, on both sides of the ball and seeing how Ian Book looked coming back after that one week of not playing. He's he's fine. I mean, this game I don't expect well, well, how an do upset. How do you feel about Ian Book though? Is he is he a player at the next level? Not yet. Not yet. He's young, me. right? Yeah, not yet to me. I mean, I think that he's. I think he's a guy that you he know. Took I always got to bring it back to the NFL. Oh, did, I, I know care. you do. You can't help yourself. Um, he, uh, you know, he took over for Wimbush in the second game of the year, and I think he's given them a dynamic that Wimbush doesn't. Um, but I don't think that he's a guy that's gonna. As of you know, you're looking at prospects. He's gonna have to put together another year or two of really good college football because that team doesn't win because of their quarterback. He has the ability to make plays happen because he has a really good running game and a really good offensive line and some nice talent on the on the skill positions. But he's not a singular talent where you look at and go, "Wow!" You know, in 2020 or 2021, there's your crown jewel of the draft class. Yeah, no, I I just wanted to hear your take on that. Cause, yeah, you know, last expert, is. So. <laughs> <laughs> knowing the Giants are going to have to be looking for quarterbacks. True. Um, the last two, obviously Clemson at South Carolina, just a rivalry game. Will's a uh, big Gamecocks fan. Will's yeah. a South Carolina fan. This is something we're getting into now. Yeah, what will... do you think? Are you smelling upset? I'm not at all. No? Um, <laughs> you couldn't even have fun with that one. Huh? I wish. I wish. I mean, their <laughs> offense, South Carolina's offense is very good. Um, just Clemson is 10 times better on all aspects of – Talent-wise, right. South Carolina has a good couple wide receivers, a good quarterback. They got you know nobody on defense really. Their defense is giving up thirty points a game basically, which is and strange because isn't that usually their calling card? They have a, they've seemed to always generate a pretty good a couple of really nice players from that defense. Yeah, with you know Will Muschamp there, a defensive guy. Um, they're supposed to be good on defense this year, but they're just not, and they give up thirty points a game. Yeah, they're scoring like forty. But you're giving up 30, but you're not scoring 40 on Clemson's defense. There's no chance that they punk Clemson. Clemson's had a couple games this year where they've looked very underwhelming. 
I, I'll believe it when I see it. South Carolina has those games, like against, especially against Florida. Clemson's going to get up for South Carolina, even if they're terrible. I mean, that's a big time rivalry game. Am I wrong on that? No, no I mean different. Yeah, yeah, different conferences, but they don't like each other. And they so. play. He told. They were telling me they play each other like the last game of every, every year. It's like the Florida Florida State deal. Exactly. Yep. So I I don't think Clemson overlooks that game at all. I mean, if it was a different team, but the same players, maybe. But I just think just because of the name, I don't think they overlook that game at all. Yeah. I mean, I I don't I didn't see what the spread was, but I can't imagine twenty four and a half. Yeah. So there you go. So are you saying you'll would you take I that? They, I think they covered the spread. Uh, I think they lose by twenty one, three touchdowns probably. But South Carolina is that type of team that will get up fourteen on somebody and then just can't close. They'll turn the ball over. They'll go three and out. Bad punt. And then before you know it, it's, it's an avalanche. It's, it's bad. Okay. Yeah. And then the final game, we'll discuss Tom's new favorite college football team. The Apple Cup is being played tomorrow between Washington and Washington State. Washington Let's go, State. Husk- what's the, what's their it's team? not the Huskies. You don't Whatever. want the Huskies. No, to you're win. right. What's <laughs> the team? Wildcats. Wildcats. I'm sorry. Are... I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I care so much about college football. I'm literally in tears right now. Yeah, it's just, yeah. You see him rolling down his face, just like uh, just like will be if the if the Cowboys lose later. Um, I'll be leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, but but no, I, this is a game that Washington State needs to win and win easily. Another rivalry game. But if they have any hopes of wowing the college football committee come playoff time, if you know you don't know what's going to happen in the Big Ten, you don't know what's going to happen in the SEC or maybe even the ACC. So when you say wowing, you're saying they're going to have to be Washington State by what, like two? They're going to have to be Washington by probably by probably more than that. Like wow. you're going to have to look at the score in the second quarter, and you're going to have to see Washington State up like 28 20, Yeah, I was going to say like twenty-eight to three or wow. something. Yeah, I mean, listen, because they, listen, they can do that. They're not going to get any kind of recognition because that, as you know, Tom, like we've been making fun of it. Well, like you paying attention to college football, like that conference has been brutal all joke. year. That's yeah, joke. yeah. I mean, every week we came on the pod and we said, oh, this must be the best team in the Pac-12. And it's it's just that it happened to be this month that it's Washington State. So. Yeah, ever since that game against Oregon, they've really caught fire. Uh, I, I actually think this game's going to be a close one. Actually, to think about it, I think Jake Browning's going to go out. This is the last game. I think he's going to. I think he's going to light it up. I think he's going to light up your uh, Washington State team. I really do. So who wins? I think Washington State wins, but. By it's six, clo- maybe. It's a, it's a game. I think it's tough. a one-score okay. game. One really, score game. that's interesting. See, Browning's such an interesting case to me because we've been hearing about him for years, and he's put up really good stats, but he hasn't done much in big games. What do you think of him being as far as to finish up his college career? Like, what have you looked at from Jake Browning and say, I'm going to take this away from his college career and project what into the next level? I mean, he had a great year last year and it was smart of him not to go out with all those quarterbacks that were in that draft he wouldn't have gone in the first round yep and then also he had Dante Pettis to throw to last year who could be one of the best punt returners in the NFL um but this year he hasn't had that year mm-hmm. and it's like a mediocre year and he'll probably still go in the first round because there's no quarterbacks outside of like Drew Locke and um you know people like Daniel that. Jones yeah Daniel Jones but you got Will Greer who I think just from a talent perspective, he might not be ready, but I think he's a as from a prospect. Would you say that they're about on the same level, or do you look at do you look at Greer and say, I project him much better at the next level? I I you know I look at Browning more as a pro ready quarterback. He's got that build and he's got that size. I look at Greer and you know another guy like Locke who. Look like Baker Mayfield, but not as good as Baker Mayfield. Yep. And I don't just don't see them succeed. It, it kind of reminds me of Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Guys. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair comparison. Like, I it, so a backup, maybe a game manager type quarterback. Like he could CFL be. Stud. It's oh, true. <laughs> I don't even know if Johnny Manziel's playing. I I, I gotta look that up. Next week Do we're you gonna miss have him? get Wednesday him on this NFL, podcast. Wednesday NFL, we're gonna lead with the CFL. 
I can't wait. So everybody, or stay we could have our own pod, CFL Fridays. I'll be good. Um, so <laughs> Johnny Manziel and uh, Coach Patricia. We're actually having pod. Johnny Manziel on the pod next week. Dude, I didn't that, want to announce it early, but that's we're a very there. exciting guest. Um, all right, so that's going to wrap up for college football. We're going to enjoy the slate of games this weekend, and then next week we'll be previewing the conference Kept championship it under games. Fifteen minutes, everyone. Tom's You're very welcome. excited. Now we're going to jump into the NBA, a check around the league. We'll start off with LeBron, dude. He's been turning. He finally turned that switch on. We didn't. Yeah. We he looked like he was coasting there for the first few weeks, I mean, listen, and now he's home, playing like a man possessed. The homecoming tour was this week. He went to Miami, dropped fifty-one last yesterday. He said what he had 31, 14, and yeah, seven or like thirty-two that, yeah. on on the Cavaliers and the Lakers sneaked by. I mean, they, it wasn't like it was a twenty-point win. They won by five or something like that. And that just goes to show me that not only. It, do we want that? He needs to be putting up those kind of stats to be winning, which kind of worries me about the Lakers team. But again, we're this team's going to be, in my opinion, still a top four seed. And they're making a move. Uh, yeah, that's that was maybe my second several. Point is, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Lillard's on the team or, or somebody of that level, or maybe if they go out and get two players. I wouldn't mind if they went and got uh, t- um, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Enos Cantor off of the Knicks, and they you just wouldn't, completely huh? tear that thing down. I wouldn't at all. I mean, they're playing great, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is averaging 31 a game in his last 10 games, but I don't want that. I want the draft pick, and you know that. Of course. From the Lakers' side, though, you still thinking they're going to go forward? How about you, Will? Where are you looking at this Laker team so far early in the season? I mean, I, I could see LeBron putting up those numbers every year, every game. Yep. Uh, every, but, like, losing by five and you're putting up 40 and 12. Right. I mean, that's going to wear on a guy. I, I, I think they make the playoffs. I don't. I think four is a little high, maybe six. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, unless they trade for somebody like Lillard, like Tom said, um, but right now, just it's l- literally LeBron just trying to put up forty points. And he ha- I mean, yeah, points. and it's tough because Ball Ball has not. I mean, aside from defense, Lonzo is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, and I didn't really notice that until I was watching him play defense a couple games ago. None of those, none of those players that you expected to take that next step have really stepped up. I've been really disappointed in Brandon Ingram. I mean, the one-year guy he doesn't fit on that team. No, because he needs the ball in his hand to play. He's not, he's not an off-the-ball kind of guy. And I mean, you have the most ball-dominant player, probably in the history of the league, in LeBron James out right. there. It's tough to to generate offense when you have LeBron and you're not a spot-up Kyle Korver type three-point shooter. Um, but, I mean, I'm disappointed in Lonzo Ball, and those one-year guys have not really panned out for them either. The um, Rajon Rondo. Or, yeah, he's been out. I mean, Lance is always fun. You know, he put the he put a layup in a couple games ago in the last second, and he's always good for a laugh. But aside from Chandler's that. Chandler's been a nice addition. Chandler has been great. That I know was how really you felt about that. <laughs> James Jones from LeBron to the Phoenix Suns. And, and, again, he had that big-time block, and Chandler's going to do what he does. He's going to get 10 points, and he's going to get 10 rebounds, and that's, that's all you can ask from him. But... Guys like Ingram and Lonzo and Kuzma, just they're not getting enough out of them. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see a package of Ingram and or Lonzo Ball and a first-round pick for a guy like Lillard, and they could be in a Portland Trailblazers uniform or something else because this team is not good enough to advance in the playoffs. How much better do you think Lillard makes that team with him and LeBron? Well, Lillard, the thing that's interesting about Lillard is that he can play on and off the ball. Because you've got a guy like C.J. McCollum out there that also needs the ball in his hand. And Lillard can spot up and make a three. He can play off the ball. He can move without the ball. Defensively, I think they take a major step back if they trade Lonzo Ball because Lillard is a turnstile. Let's you think they could go get another complimentary piece, though, that's a little more defensive? You know, well, and a, guy that, and a guy that would really have to step up 
and I know you're not a big fan of him, is Caldwell Pope. Because if there's one thing that that guy, I don't hate do, him. I just defense. think like, it's ridiculous how much money he makes. Well, yeah, but. absolutely. I mean, he's a clutch. He's a clutch sports guy. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that would make a huge difference, and that would definitely. I mean, the Rockets are down. They've got that mellow drama. Are we sure about the Jazz this year? They've fallen off a little bit. Are we sure about the the um, Denver Nuggets? Are they ready to take a step forward? I think that. Let me be honest with you, dude. I'm not sure about anything. No, the- not at all. This this NBA. I mean, the Knicks beat the Celtics yesterday. This NBA has the most parity I've seen in a really long time, and it's exciting stuff. Um, but I think that you know. LeBron's going to look up at the trade deadline with Magic and he's going to say this is this is our 2 seed to grab. You know, we could have this 1 through or 2 through 4 seed. Obviously the Warriors are still there. And getting a guy like Lillard, LeBron's going to be good for a few years and they can also lure another max player in. So I think that's what's going to happen to be honest. Well, let me take you a step forward and 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 progress kind of segue that and progress to our next talking point. I really want to discuss this. Guys, this whole Washington Wizards thing is really crazy. And it seems like that's total dysfunction. Crazy. Which we've kind of You're seen surprised for a that a team bit. signs Dwight Howard on an already dysfunctional team that you Bradley Beal. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Bradley Beal and John Wall don't even speak to each other before that, and then you throw Dwight Howard into the mix, one of the worst teammates allegedly of all time. I mean, I, I we said this on the preview. It could either go really well, and they could end up a top four. So here, so here's bad. the question that I pose to you: Does LeBron look at a situation with Magic and say, "You can go get me Bradley Beal"? Bradley Beal's going to be, I, I think that... Put yeah. him with LeBron James out there. That's oh a really God. incredible I mean, tandem. Bradley Beal drawing comps to Ray Allen, and I think he can, although Ray Allen was an explosive player earlier in his Bucks and Sonics years, and he could put the ball on the deck, I think Bradley Beal's even better when it comes to that. Not as good of a shooter, of course. Um, he can also defend, but it's going to be tough to get him. It's going to cost two first-rounders and a, and a chip as well, and, and a, a blue-chip player. Well, maybe you bypass one of the first, but if you can offer a package of an Ingram, You're of right, a ball, yeah. of you know, maybe a, 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 you I know, think it's another gonna, piece too. I think, it, I think this is the way it goes. If that happens, you got to offer Lonzo and two first-rounders or Ingram and one. Yeah. Ingram, Ingram's a little bit higher of higher of held in higher regard right now. Um but when it comes to the Wizards, I think you're going to get John Wall significantly cheaper. The problem is, is that nobody wants that contract. Dude, he's due to make forty six million dollars starting insane. next yeah, year, and that's that's gonna what's going to be the death of them because that contract's really going to drag him down. And he's falling apart quick. Yeah, and that's what worries me about a guy who's playing great right now, like Darren Fox. I mean, Russell Westbrook is another guy where it's just like this guy's constantly going a thousand miles an hour, but he doesn't. He's a robot. He do, he doesn't. He seems to get a knee surgery every year and be fine, but. These speedy guys that don't really have the skill of a Lillard or of a Curry or these other top point guards, they fall apart quick, man. They really do. They're like running backs in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think what's really interesting, and well, I want to get your take on this too, man. Like discussing what you could possibly get for some of these guys. I think another, I think just as big of an issue for that Wizards team as much as John Wall handicaps them. I think that Otto Porter deal. I mean, he, they're getting nothing from him. The guy can't score. He yeah. just can't score. Yeah, no. I I mean, listen, he used to be a spot-up shooter. Did he forget how to shoot? He was a I good stretch four guy. I mean, he really yeah. could do a lot, and he's, it's, not doing he's anything. MIA right they're now. Not, they're not going to get anything for him. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if a team gets him for for a um, you know a, an expiring contract and a second-round pick, and let's say he goes to a team that needs a 3-and-D type guy. Maybe the Portland Trailblazers. I'm telling you right I, now, I'm su- I would not be surprised if it's the Brooklyn Nets. 
but you know what? You can't be too upset about that because they're not going to give up that much. And who knows? Maybe if he gets into the into the team with your head coach and he starts playing like Bradley Beal from two years ago when you did sign when you uh, Otto when Porter. You, sorry. Yeah. Otto. Maybe he starts playing like. Otto Porter, whatever the whatever his fucking name is. Otto Porter. Yeah, thank Judy. you. We're not talking thank about Bradley Beal. He's not getting Bradley Beal. No, I, I, but uh, but Otto Porter is the guy is that they that, signed to that offer sheet. Yeah, with they really head, liked him. With your head coach out there, maybe he can be that player that he was two years ago when you guys did offer him that contract. You would hope so. I mean, somebody's got to lock it, unlock into that, right? I feel like some of these guys, it's really hard, particularly in the NBA, to judge them off their current performance when they're you know literate in dysfunction. Like if I'm the Wizards front office, I don't want I don't want players. I want picks. I right. want to get you know rid of Beal, get two first rounders, get rid of Wall. Nobody's gonna want that contract, but maybe get a second rounder or maybe somebody back that's young. Yeah, but, but the, you're not if you can't give up Wall for a second rounder. That's I mean Wall is still a top thirty five player in the NBA. Yeah, I think the saying? the biggest well, issue is, is playing with the contract. Yeah, you're right. You know, about you that. you can't take a first rounder and then expect another team to pay him. Forty-six million. I, un, I unless some team, and it only takes one crazy GM to do it. And you've seen that in the NBA. You see it happen. Times, although they have been times. getting, they have been getting smarter. They have been, and they're you know, especially when you're looking at something that's more analytically, you know, dominant. Well, I can you know, say John Wall thing. doesn't you help can, as much. You but, can rest easy because the Brooklyn Nets will not be going for him because they already have two point guards. Yeah, no, I don't have to worry about that. But I think you know, for most teams though, is. When you look at the landscape of the league, nobody's going to take that contract. And I think with the Wizards, it would behoove them in their best interest to say, we're going to look to trade Beal because even though if it was push comes to shove, he's our pri- he would be our top choice to stay. You know that you could probably fetch the most for him, trade an auto porter, and then try to piecemeal you know, really a team of, you know, good young talent around Wall. And, and you just have to hope that it works out with Wall and he turns it around because I don't yeah. think you can possibly move that deal. And Scotty Brooks is their head coach. Hot seat for the thousand degree seat. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he's gone. Yeah. He's gone. He's, I don't know he's when, but he's gone. walking for sure. I mean, the NBA, unlike the NFL, they'll fire a coach midseason. Oh, yeah, effortlessly do what you see it. I mean, Ty Lue, it would have taken six games. Yeah, and that happens all the time. I mean, I remember with the Lakers, Mike Brown coached, what, like four games a couple years ago? Yeah, was that before D'Antoni came back or something? Yeah, Yeah. I think there was a – was there an interim in between that? I I don't remember. Yeah, it was something something odd like that. Um, What do you guys take away from Jimmy Butler's first week or two with the Sixers? Game winner. I mean, listen, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hand as much. told me he got 13 points last night. Did they get a win? They got to win. Well, that's all that matters. I mean, listen, when you got a guy like Joel Embiid, he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much because Ben Simmons is honestly a negative when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. But that team's got a lot of shooters, and I they might be the best team in the East. What do but, you think? Uh, what do you think about if Jimmy Butler's not getting the ball? Is he going to blow up that team too, like he did with the Bulls and the T-Wolves? I, I mean, listen, the way I see it is then you're comp- – although I wouldn't put it past him because he's been kind of crazy – you're going against everything you've claimed so far because the reason why he didn't want to be on the Bulls and the reason why he didn't want to be on the T-Wolves is because he wanted to win and he said the guys didn't have enough heart and enough dog in them. These guys clearly have enough dog and they're winning, so you can't really flip the switch and say, now I want my own team. The other thing, too, you got to take into, into account is you know, he did basically the best work he could have to sabotage his image and how teams viewed him. Now he's in a great situation, conceivably, with two other really yeah. good players, and I they're winning he's games. Nice for- he's got He has to be a top-tier teammate. He's got to be making really big plays in crunch time. I mean, he's a ball-dominant guy, as is Embiid, as is Simmons. 
But the thing with with Butler is he creates plays even without the ball that makes people around him better. He so works I, really hard. You know, it, it, all his all of his issues are not on the court. No. So he's my a, an extremely hard. He plays extremely hard defense, and offensively he can spot up shoot. My as my well. takeaway so far is. Guy's going to be a model citizen in Philadelphia. They're going to do everything they possibly can to convince him to stay and sign him to a max. Or an GM's going to look out and say, you know what? They put him in a really good situation, and if we have something comparable, obviously you're not going to possess an Embiid and, and Simmons, but if you have some really nice building blocks, you could probably – you know, it's amazing how how short the memory is in the NBA, and all those all the bullshit that we led up to this year with the Wolves will be kind of forgotten. Jimmy Butler will get a max contract. Last oh, there's year. no doubt about it. There's n- zero doubt in my mind. What do you think? I think he does too. I, I you know, you look at him, he's a great there's, player. There's not enough quality players like that in the NBA for him not to get a max contract that are guaranteed to play at that level. How long he stays at that level because he is 29, although he doesn't have. As much mileage on him because he didn't play that much at the beginning of of his career. Um, there's just not enough talent at that level for him not to get a match. Right, and he's I mean he's a little older, but he's gonna fetch maybe a three or four year max like he might be one of those guys that if you look at the trend of nba free agency like a cp3 type yeah thing. so yeah. you know what i might i don't really want five or six because i want to fetch another big time deal after two or three well good luck so, to him so on we'll see how that goes it. but either way i just wanted to get your takeaways because they've been winning a lot lately and it seems like they've kind of gotten that figured out which for for the sixers front office and elton brand that was the best case scenario because you could see it kind of being a nightmare if they got off to a slow start with him. They weren't winning games, and then some of that really bad aura starts permeating into the Sixer locker room. You gave up two, you gave up two starters for him. So um, I think that everything is going the way that they envisioned it. Um, Absolutely. Quick takeaways from your Knicks, man. Um, Beat the Seas last night. I love that win. I love the fight in them. Fizdale's really coaching them up well. The team's leading the league in offensive rebounding, which just goes to show me how much hustle they have. And Cantor's always with. good for their offensive Cantor's rebound. playing amazing. I really like that because maybe they can flip him. Hardaway, like I said earlier in the pod, he's averaging like 30 points a game. The one thing I'm worried about, and I mentioned this to you, um, Nilekina is almost a nothing now. He's I not know. even playing. I know. Moutier started the game. Is Moutier really going to be on this team in two years? They're not invested or tied to Nilekina, man. This- no, not at all. I, I know. I understand that, but it, I am. Well, I was they, there. You, you, I'm, I'm sorry, but your opinion doesn't matter. GM Tom's does. <laughs> Don't mean shit. Well, what are you thinking for the from the Knicks' perspective if right you're, now? If you're a Knicks fan, you like that they're playing hard and losing. Like, yeah. That's what you want as a Knicks fan. Absolutely. I've been saying that the whole time. And listen, they beat the Celtics last night. Every once in a while, a win's nice. Let's lose five in a row now. I definitely appreciate that. But you got to have some that wins. That game yesterday, I loved it. I mean, they're getting offensive rebounds. They beat the shit out of the Celtics. I mean, they won by like 12 or something like that. Listen, and that game was much further away than 12 points. You'll lose enough games because you don't have a lot of talent on the team. But across the landscape of the NBA, it looks better if you can steal a game or two sneak up on some teams, play well, and people say, you know what, there's your Kevin Durant landing spot because yeah. now this team goes from, you know, 20 wins to, you know, 40 wins. And it, it, I think that it, it, you like to see if Fizdale actually knows what he's doing on the court. So winning some games yeah, is not the worst thing in the world. Because you want that team to have that winning mentality. You don't want to be like, oh, we're going to lose by 40 tonight. It's okay, we're going to get that top Yeah, that's pick. a good point. You want to come close to winning these games but losing – you know, you get the top yeah. five pick. You still have that winning mentality. Like, two, three shots could have changed that game. We could have won. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's a good I, point. I, I completely agree with that because I don't want to be the Phoenix Suns where 
you're scoring 120 points, but you're losing 140 to 120. Right. Like like he like Will said, I I want a team that, I mean, you only have to lose by one point. It's still a loss. Yeah. And and again, like you you can't if you develop a culture of constantly losing. You're 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 never gonna know how to close out those games. So, Will, to your point, it's win a couple games, especially against a brand name team like the Celtics. Punk them a little bit, sneak up on them, and get some signature wins. Because, like I said, you're gonna lose plenty of games on your own. You don't really have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. And a guy like Fizdale, not worried for his job, just got hired. So it's not like in the back of his mind. This isn't a Hornacek kind of situation yeah. where he's playing, you know, people that don't have futures just because you know Jarrett Jack is getting all the late minute you know, action because yeah, he, he gives you the best chance to win. You don't have to worry about this. This year is, and they've all but said it uh, in post-game interviews and whatnot. And this season is I'm not wor- about that's, winning. That's why I'm worried about Nilakina because, and like you said, they're not tied to him, but it's like if this season's not about winning, you're playing the guys that you want to develop out there, and he's MIA, which really makes you nervous. And I understand you can't play the guy because he's – I mean, he's a great defender, but listen, Jesus he's Christ. just such a project, and you knew that going forward. I think one luxury you do have with you're the Knicks is he does he essentially has no value right now as far as trades are concerned because he hasn't done anything. So you can continue to develop him. Listen, when he was taken, this was a two, three, four year project. The guy's still like one Dude, of the youngest should, people in the league. They wanted Donovan Mitchell, and Phil fucking jumped in front of the table and took Nilaki. But you know what? It doesn't matter. See, now you're 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 complaining about it. It's tough. It's tough. It's man. tough. But how many times have you lived through this with Curry and everything? So the point Let's, is, is that he is on yeah. your team, and you you well, want to try to Curry, get something out of him at Curry some point. That Curry got drafted right in front of the Knicks, so I can't really be that depressed because the Knicks never had an opportunity to take him. Although they would have fucked it up they had more than an opportunity to take Mitchell which is what sucks but again but they didn't so Hindsight's you've got New Kena. all right you know what let's talk about Billy King's Nets let's talk about Billy, Billy King's, King's Nets. Nets have been long gone Billy King is long gone although he said he wants to get back into the NBA please for the love of God any team that wants Billy King just what do you have to do to look at somebody that obviously doesn't know how to run franchises there's my piece um Nets are all right. Nets have been playing okay. Uh, they can't win second half of back-to-backs, but I do. I do like the way they're playing. They really do miss Levert. I mean, that's obvious, but He'll they don't. Back. They have guys who can't. Don't cry. Who just can't back. score. Listen, we've talked plenty enough about crying on this podcast. I'm not the one doing it. So talking about our emotions. Today. <laughs> so, I'll be crying later. <laughs> well, you just plan for it, man. Sometimes, sometimes if you're I can't expecting this, we're going to be giving him such a hard time. I can see it now. Redskins up 14 to nothing at halftime. Colt McCoy's slinging this, it. <laughs> this bad guy over here will sit next to me on the couch and put me in a group chat and be like, ooh, you didn't want that to happen. That's not how you wanted to start the game. This guy over here is such a bad guy. Oh, he's a terrible, terrible friend and a worse person. Um, But what I will do is say that the Nets, if they can continue to just do what they're doing, they've got eight wins right now. They lost Luka Doncic, your boy, just shat on them last night. But they don't win the second half of back-to-backs, Dude. but they have been playing pretty well. I like the Luka fight. Donches, They're just man. missing Levert. They really miss Levert. Yeah, uh, no, I, I agree. And he'll be back, and he should probably I mean, towards gonna, the end of the year. And it's going to take him a long time to get back to what he was with that injury, more mentally than physically. But Luka Doncic, man. He's, he's insane. So he's good. insane. Like, I was watching the game he's last a night. He's pudgy was, guy out there, too. I was huh? watching the game. I was like, we're in a T-shirt. They can't stop this fucking guy. No, dude. He he just sees the floor so well. He can shoot it from anywhere. I mean, that team. That's gonna be that's gonna be a team to watch out for in the Western Conference. Once but, again, you you said it, man. I mean, everything's wide open. It's up for grabs. It doesn't it, from the West and the East. It's just it's a it's a clusterfuck. Yeah, but you know who's gonna be looking at it at the end. 
the goal to say Warriors. Oh, on. I forgot. You forgot about, about them. them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do we yeah. have to talk about them? No. No, we're, I didn't think so. They lost OKC. I don't want to talk about this drama. By OKC. Everybody's going to talk about this drama. Listen, this team knows how to win. They've been there, done that. I do think they all know Durant's leaving. Durant knows he's leaving, and they just got to suck it up talent-wise. They'll figure it out. They're coasting right now. They know it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they're the one, two, three, or 4 seed. They're going to win and turn it on come playoff time, and they're going to steamroll through the Western Conference because they're better than everybody else. And the competition this year is lower than last year. Yeah, I mean, it's more wide open, but you're right. It, there's not, there's no Houston Rockets in the West. Nope, not at all. There's nobody that's going to push them to seven. I can tell you that right now, even the Lakers. Uh, but let's move on to some MLB because we had a huge trade. All three of us are Yankees fans, but we'll talk about some final awards first. Yeah, we um, did. We uh, we went, we went. recorded before these ones came out last week. Yes, yeah, Cy Young Award goes to Jacob DeGrom on the Mets. Much deserved. Totally deserving. Um, that, that was an incredible season, I have to say that. How do you guys I, feel about that? Yeah, I mean, well, you go for it. I, I I think that I think he might be the best pitcher in baseball. I really do. Everybody says, "Oh, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Jacob Degrom give up less than three earned runs in every start this year." That's like, insane. That's never happened before. And he's on the Mets. And he's on the Mets. Like, if I'm Jacob Degrom, either pay me a lot of money or I want to go win somewhere. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and he's not, he's old too. Yeah, he's not older. older you know yeah. what I mean? He's like 31. He's, right? he's 30. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's 30, but he doesn't have nearly as many miles on his arms as say a Clayton Kershaw or Max Scherzer. This was totally deserved. You know, some people don't. I, you know, we've had our conversations about analytics and how sometimes they run the show not not deservedly. So this was a case where analytics win because. Listen, this isn't 1965 anymore. Wins and losses are not how you judge pitchers. And we saw the first way that that started bucking the trend was Felix Hernandez in 2010 going 12-11 and 11 and winning the Cy Young. And, and people, you know, were up in arms about that. If you're – this isn't – you know, even an MVP, you know, you're, you're, you're awarding the best pitcher in each league. And if you watch baseball, if you know anything about how baseball's played, there's no way you can possibly tell me that Jacob deGrom was not the best pitcher in the national league last year. It may be in all like will to your point in all of baseball last year. No, not at all. Um, but let's move on to the next one. The only starter, what seems like on the Tampa Bay Rays. And he was another guy definitely deservedly. So, uh, Blake Snell. Yeah, he was, he's been on the come up. And he had a tremendous season. I was uh, watching his highlights. I didn't realize he threw like 98. Those 98 with like a 76 mile an hour breaking ball. Yeah, he's nasty, Unfair. and he's a lefty, right? Yeah. Lefty, oh, yeah. He, Jesus. Yeah, he, he's he was one of their like highly touted prospects, and he's been up. This is his third year in the major leagues now. Now he's had control issues. He's had games where he just can't figure it out on the well, mound. Figured it out this but, year. Yeah, but that's the thing is you give these high end prospects a little bit of time on a team that's not winning a lot. And they could blossom into into a year like this. He reminds me of a uh, young David Price when David Price was first on the Rays. Yeah, he was throwing hard too. Yeah, I think Snell has a better career than Price. Although Price just did win Comeback Player of the Year. I know we didn't talk about that. And then some other guy on the Braves who hasn't pitched since 2012. Although we're not going to talk about we're not that. Not going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, just shout out to Price. I'm I mean, not giving Price a shout out for shit. Um, oh, you're upset. <laughs> I am upset. But no, I agree with you, Willie. I think that I think that Snell now. I mean, he's put himself into the conversation by winning this award. I don't think this is a one and done thing for him. I think this is going to be the year where he was really put on notice, and you're going to see five, six years of really, really top end starting pitching. Now I expect Tampa them Bay to move him at a certain that point. Produces good pitching. I mean, you look back; they had Scott Casimir 
here. They've had a couple other they guys. Had Garza. Yeah, Shields. Garza, yeah, I mean, I mean they, they remind yeah, they remind me a lot of a team like the Cleveland Indians back in the day where they would get pitchers but they couldn't hold on to them. Right. I mean, I, they just was, can't afford them. It was like Cliff Lee and CC Sabathia and there was a couple other guys out there and now they're looking at deal Keiko that's just these small market teams. Just can't hold on to these guys. Kluber, you mean? But yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. Right? Yeah. Whatever. But no, you're. You know, I suck at names. <laughs> you're really bad at names. I thought you'd be better. We're now 50 episodes in. And Matt Nagy is the <laughs> coach of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> that was so bad. Who's Pat Shermer coach? <laughs> Giants for now. Giants for now, please. Uh, but the, a big trade did happen. I wasn't really expecting much Thanksgiving week, and on Monday. Um, Comes down around six o'clock. I need your take on this because I want to know how you feel. The about Yankees what they get, gave up. Yeah, they, so the Yankees acquire James Paxson, starting pitcher from the Seattle Mariners in the annual Mariners Yankees trade. Um, it's a yearly thing for uh, for their number one pitching prospect, number one prospect in their system, Justice Sheffield. Uh, and they also traded um, Scott Swanson, who was a, a ranked number twenty-two. Er, Eric Swanson, number twenty-two in their system. Get and the then name right, dude. What a the single, fuck? a single arm, please, please. <laughs> and then a single A uh, low prospect. I thought this was a really good move for the Yankees, and I'll tell you why. Eventually, first of all, one of these guys that you import over here has to hit. I know they've been very unlucky with the Pinedas, with the Evaldis, with the Sonny Grays of the world, but eventually it's going to hit. You're ta- you hope, and this is what I've been telling people the whole time, you have to hope that Justice Sheffield turns into everything that James Paxton already is. So if James Paxton is what he is at this point in his career, which is a top-tier starting pitcher, front-line starting pitcher when healthy, then you know what? Great if Sheffield does that. But you're now you're in a win-now situation. You can't afford to try to wait around and see what Sheffield can do. This is the move to make. Like you look at it, you look at it as the Yankees didn't think Sheffield was going to be that number two starter in their rotation this year. You get a guy like Paxton who threw a no-hitter last year, had a three-something ERA, and pitched for a team that was bad. You know, I mean, you get him over here, you get him in that lineup, you give him run support, and, you know, you follow Pineda, you know, I mean, Pineda, excuse me, Severino. You said Pineda. I know, you're getting us. I'm bad with names, too. <laughs> we we might just have to fucking punt on it for today. No, uh, but I, I agree with you. Like, now you slide him into this rotation. We know they're not done. You know, Corbin and Happ are still out there for free agency. The other thing, too, is you can't completely shut the door on a Kluber deal either because they still have Floreal. They still have Thyro Estrada. They still have Chance Adams. They still have guys down in single A, double A who are impact names that is going to attract a lot of that are going to attract a lot of teams. But this was the first domino that they had to make as far as after re-signing CC to the rotation. They upgraded it in a big way. People are going to say, "Well, it's injury concerns, whatever." Listen, if if he pitches 170 innings this year, this is a guy that's going to pitch to a three ERA. And he's going to lock down the number two or three spot in this rotation. And if you have a chance to go get a guy like that, he still has two more years after this of team control, not a free agent until after the 2021 season. You have to make that move, and I applaud Cashman for doing it. How it works is yet to be seen. But, you know, everybody was up in arms with what they gave up for Sonny Gray. And no matter how bad Gray's been, they've got the A's have gotten absolutely nothing in return for the people that the Yankees gave up. So prospects are exactly that. They, they could hit. Or, you know, they're, they're, you use them as assets to go get what you need. Absolutely. So what's the status on Machado before we move on to our college basketball? 
uh, I mean, I he had an interview yesterday. He wanted to kind of clear the air. I think that was kind of a PSA to Hal Steinbrenner, who's come out very much and said, you know, didn't like his comments from the postseason, saying that it was all misconstrued and taken out of context. Listen, I don't think he's a bad guy, and we and I and you never want to criticize that. He said teammates have loved him, and I I don't I don't think the Yankees need him. With that said, I do think the Yankees get him. I would be shocked if they don't get him. Unless wow. the Phillies just overpay. If the Phillies want to give him $400 million for 10, 12 years, I think that's something that that the Steinbrenner group doesn't necessarily want to do. But if you can get him for eight years and 350 something like that, listen, he's a generationally transcendent player. You're always going to be better when somebody like that's in your lineup. Uh, he cause that could give you an opportunity to move and do hard for it for another third base or for another starting pitcher. You have him covering shortstop Machado. That is while Didi's out. Maybe you don't want to extend Didi and Machado's your shortstop. There's a lot of ways it can happen. I don't think they need him. I think it's a little overkill. I think they'd be happy with a Marwin Gonzalez type, but I, I would be. I, I just this feels like one of those things they're gonna you know do the they're gonna do the dance, but you know when the music stops, he's gonna be sitting in the Yankees chair. So that lineup with Machado is like a video game lineup. Oh, it's stupid. Yeah, I mean you got Stanton batting fourth, or yeah. Machado batting third, at Judge batting second. Yeah, you know, that, whatever that's configuration. That's they not better win the World Series. We're not year. there yet, though. We, I mean, anything can happen. He could sign with the Phillies tomorrow. But that's that's definitely. I was surprised that that trade went down for the Yankees, but it was the right one to do, and they're nowhere close to done. All right, so let's move on to our last thing. We've been talking about it for weeks. Let's do a quick college basketball preview. It's not going to be like baseball, uh, Major League Baseball, or any other professional sport that we do where we take a whole podcast to do it. But we'll run down the uh, the top 25 in the major conferences. Yeah, and touch on some Quick. games that have already happened this year. There have yeah, been some, it's including last night with I the call preseason preview, tournaments. But what it's, are we, like two weeks in? It's just, Yeah, it's been a several. It's been a lot of fun already. So. Teams already played five games, but... Preview. <laughs> yes. We can, All right. <laughs> so we'll go off the list we have here. Although the the uh, AP top twenty five is probably going to change. Uh, this was updated team, from Monday. Yes. So the well Duke lost last night to yeah, Gonzaga. So, we, so, but no, as of as of right now, um, Duke is number one. What do so. you think about that game, man? Gonzaga Gonzaga looked like that veteran team that you know when you're playing against all freshmen, no matter how good Gonzaga the freshmen is the are. type of team early in the season that's going to beat Duke. Yep. Because they're young. I mean, what is this? Their fifth game or something like that. I mean, they're. But at the end of the year, they're not if they play Duke. each other in the tournament somehow or whatever. They're not going. I don't expect Duke, Duke, Duke to win. in November and then Duke in March are two totally different Dukes, and I don't think anybody's going to beat Duke. But if you look at that Gonzaga team last night, I think Coach K got outcoached by Mark Few, and also Gonzaga's missing their best player, Killian Tilly. He's the best shooter. He's six ten, seven feet tall, and can bang the three, he can dribble, and he's out for a month, and they beat. Duke, who has you know the best recruiting class, you know ever. Zion Williamson and Cam right, Reddish. Listen, before let's preface this: they have in the ESPN 100, which is everybody's like go-to to see who the best recruits are. They have the number one, the number two, and the number three recruit in the country, and they'll probably be the first three picks in next year's draft. Yeah, I would so be we'll, we'll start it by saying that. Yeah. But go back to what you were saying about Gonzaga. I I, I think Gonzaga is going to be a good team. I think they go. Far in the tournament, I can see final they're four. They're very, very Honestly. veteran team, and especially when Killian Tilly gets back, he's an unbelievable shooter, and he's a leader of that team. And you know they'll beat some teams. They're gonna, they can beat a Duke like that in March. They have the guys to do it. They're big, they're fast, just like Duke is. Not as athletic as Duke, you know. Zion Williamson dunking from the free throw line, but 
Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. I, I mean, I look at Gonzaga, and after a few years ago when they finally like broke through, because they were another one of those teams. It was kind of funny how them and Villanova both emerged as you know this team with coaches that could never get past the Sweet Sixteen. You know, developing into programs now that are going to the fi- going to the Final Four and championship games. I think Mark Few's kind of slayed that dragon. So now. He's got that monkey off his back, so he can he feels a lot more comfortable. And this team, it looks like to me, is a team that could get Duke again come tournament time because oh, even, they could win that e- game. Even, just, even with know. Duke's talent, we don't see a lot of freshman dominant teams win it all. No, I mean not since Calipari's Kentucky team, and yeah, and even those guys. I mean his he's had you know that was the Anthony Davis year, but he had he had some other teams. I mean remember that undefeated team. In 2015, that lost to a Wisconsin team that just knew how to play together better and could get them on that day. And I think, I mean, yeah, he's only going to have some. You're going to have teams like that. He had that freshman one and done team with, I mean, John Wall and Demarcus Cousins and all those Eric Bledsoe and all those guys out there, and they didn't win either. So, yeah, I mean, those freshman teams do tend to struggle when it comes to tourney time. But uh, Coach K is a very good coach. He's a great better coach than Mark View. No, not not Mark. Yes, talking about Calipari, but better than Calipari. I, I well, I, I totally oh, agree I with that. So, number two team in the country. What do you think about Kansas? I know Kansas had a very strong oh, showing against Lord. Michigan State. Following up in the fraudness of his life, Huge Will fraud. Smith is a Kansas Jayhawks fan as well. But let's preface this by saying he took an online class one time at South Carolina, and he took and he took an online class, dropped them both, and they gave Just him all his to money back. Prove to Tom that I'm not a fraud, I did it. Um, <laughs> it seems like quite the length to go to. But yeah. uh, Kansas is a good team. Uh, they have a, a bunch of uh, returning guys, LeGerald Vick and Yudoka Azubuke, who might be the hugest man I've ever seen. He's seven foot, like 280. Yeah, the ball looks like a fucking yeah. baseball in his hand. It's unbelievable. Jesus. And then they had the Lawson twins from um, Memphis who transferred, and they're both very good. And, you know, Bill Self's a great coach. You know, when he gets that big stage, though, he just, uh, you know, Kind of chokes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's had he's had a couple of, uh, of those kind of performances with teams that have been very good, and you wonder how they can get knocked out late. But they they had a very strong showing against Michigan State. Went to the Final Four last year, right? Kansas, yeah, they got smacked by Villanova. Last yeah, year. yeah. So I mean, that's Everybody the did. thing is they can get there sometimes, but they 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 struggle to win. They lost to uh, that Anthony Davis Kentucky team. Um, you know, Bill Self only has one championship over Calipari when he was with Memphis, but I I think that. When it's all said and done, they're basically the de facto Big 12 champs. You don't really even have to pay too much attention to the regular season. Straight years. It's 14 nuts. straight. And they they are always a solid team come tournament time. It's just a matter of how far they go. But I expect them to keep it status quo and, and, and take control of a Big 12 that I don't think is that great. Yeah, especially as as after West Virginia getting punked by Buffalo. Yes, especially if Kansas doesn't play like a uh, Northern Iowa or Bradley in the tournament. I think they should be fine because that's who they struggle against. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, listen, they better be good because they got a new football coach in there, and he's bringing the program back. Les, Les, Miles. Les Miles eating some dirt out there. I can't believe he fucking went to Kansas. That's a, That Rock was chalk. crazy. That I know. Cr- we should have talked about that in our college football preview. Sean, you're the head of college football. What are you doing? We don't need to talk about that right now. We can discuss that in the offseason. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the third When Kansas team. football gets important, let me know. All right. Alabama fans, dude, they're tough. Um, all right, next team up on the list is the Tennessee Volunteers. This is a really good team. Veteran this team. This is a really good a lot team. Of t- a lot of guys coming back. This this team can make some noise too, but I don't know. Is the head coach good enough to do anything in the tournament? I mean, we're talking early here, but they can give Calipari a run for his money in the SEC. I was just going to say. Auburn as well. I, I don't think Calipari. You know, I'm a Bruce Pearl guy. I love cheaters. <laughs> 
<laughs> I would like that cut up as a drop, Bad please. Guy. Bad guy. Um, but no, I uh, come on, producer Tom, cut that up so we can use that whenever. Um, I think that that Tennessee is definitely a team that can contend with with Kentucky. Do you not? Uh, I agree with that. Kentucky, Just like yeah. uh, Tom said, an Auburn team as well. Both those teams are very good SEC teams. Both very veteran. Mississippi teams. State's in there too. Yeah, Mississippi State's up there. Um, SEC is going to be strong this year. Many years, it's just Kentucky. And yeah, then, and then know, you get your Florida every so few South years. South Carolina for one year, like it was. But um, Frank yeah. Wright, Huge. that's my guy. He's a psycho, Frank Martin. Whatever. <laughs> this is awesome. Bad with names. Bad with names. Uh, uh, but you know, yeah. I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do I? Uh, but yeah, no, I think that I Tennessee is definitely a team that's an elite eight team, uh, getting the right matchups. I don't see how I don't see how they're going to really struggle that much in the SEC this no. year. Do you? No, they're going to walk through the, the lower teams and like the the Vanderbilts and whatnot. So yeah, I think that they're going to probably be like a four seed in the tourney. Um, I don't see them going in very far in it, but they'll make a lot of noise in the regular season, and it'll be fun to. They're watch. always a physical team too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but let's move on to the next team, and that is Gonzaga. This team's going to move up to. Do you think they move up to number one after beating Duke? I think it's close. I don't think they jump Kansas for one, go from four to one. Yeah, they beat Duke, but okay, maybe they'll move number two. two. I think you know you put them two, you put Duke three. I mean, I don't think Duke's leaving the top five this year. But no, not the way they've been playing. No. They just got out coached yesterday by Gonzaga, but they can Duke can win any game. But like you said earlier, I mean, Gonzaga they're missing their best player, their second best player. Um, Oz, what's his name? Oz, I can't pronounce it. It's I, like Nacho Moro. Nacho, yeah, that guy, man, six eight. He's only been playing basketball for a few years. He's a stud. He's going to be like a probably a top ten pick next year if he goes out in the draft. Yeah, he's Guy raw. Can put the but ball he... on the deck. He can shoot. I mean, he ha- he's very fluid in his game too. I was watching the uh, I was watching that game and I mean going up and under like it's nothing. He's got a lot six, of poise. Eight. And you know he's not a skinny six eight either. He's a stocky guy. He can post you up too. So that team is going to make a lot of noise this year. This could it be Gonzaga's year? Yeah, I mean they got to the, they got a taste of it two years ago going to the championship game. Yeah, I mean they've been to a few championships. Will shaking his head a little bit. What it, do you think? It, it all depends on who they their draw. Like every team, it depends on who they have to play. And you know if they play a team that's huge, two big guys, guys that are like six eleven, seven feet, it's gonna be a tough team to beat. You know, um, but they have a great coach, Mark Few. I think very underrated as a coach in college basketball. I mean, I like Gonzaga a lot, especially when their best player comes back. I mean, I think they can do it. They have the players for it. You know, you got to go past Duke. I think that's everybody's goal in college basketball this year is to beat Duke. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, they own the top How do those freshmen respond with a target on their back? But, yeah, t- t- definitely. I-, I think Gonzaga is one of those teams, especially with the conference they play in, you know, they're going to dominate the regular season, and-, and I don't see a possible way that they fly out of that top five. All right, so moving on to number five, we have a, an unfamiliar team, but they did make a little bit of noise in the tournament last year, and this is a veteran team in Nevada. I think they returned every player. Yeah. I think they returned every player from last year's team that went to, what, the Sweet 16? Yeah, they were they were a really good team, and that's a good head coach out there as well. So, I mean, they're in a, they're in a much easier conference than most of these top 25 teams, so they're going to walk through that. They're probably going to easily get an automatic bid into the tournament. And, again, you saw it last year. They can just make a run because they have – a lot of veteran guys. They have got some guys that can score, and that team is very athletic and can play really good defense. Yeah, I mean, I think Nevada put everybody kind of on notice last year, right? And if they're returning everybody, which Will said they are, that's just another year of experience, another year of uh, filling out their bodies a little bit and getting bigger and stronger, more they athletic. They must have returned everybody because there's a reason why they're in the top five. Yeah. Well, also, when the toughest team you play is, what, San Diego State? Right. I mean, come on, you're going to win that. You might not lose a conference game, so... Yeah, they're definitely going to walk through that, and they're going to get that automatic bid. Moving up to number six is Virginia. 
I mean, listen, in the ACC, I think this team is going to have a tough time doing what it did last year. I, I just I think that offensively, you saw them struggle even in the first round. They were the UMBC, first, baby. They were the first team to ever lose, the first one to ever lose to a 16 seed. And I just think, like the NBA, college basketball is slowly changing to a more offensive game. And the way that that head coach coaches that team up defensively, I, I don't want to say they play too hard, but I think they play too hard. I don't think that it's that they play too hard, but he coaches them. Uh, you have to do like six passes before you shoot, shoot on the shot clock with four seconds left, and you know waste the time. Like it's old school basketball. Now, you look at the teams in college basketball; they shoot with twenty three seconds left on the shot clock. You have an open shot, shoot it. Virginia yeah. doesn't do that. And and I think he coaches them kind of like Tom Thibodeau coaches them, where they're burnt out by by mid second half because they're just locking up on defense constantly. And there's times where you need to take a breather because. They're a good program, but and and they have some top five or or whatever, some top one hundred, excuse me, recruits. You know they got Kyle Guy on there. They have the other kid who came off the bench last year because he was injured, and he's supposed to be a lottery pick. Obviously, I don't know his name. See, I think I'm going to play devil's advocate with both of you guys. I I think Virginia, because of the style that they play, even though it's kind of bucking the trend of where the college basketball is gone. Obviously, you know you lose to a 16 seed. It's as bad as it gets. But I think that that left such a horrible taste in their mouths. And I think that when you have that experience returning, you play that hard on defense, you can look at them as a team that's going to take care of some business in the ACC and maybe punk a team like Duke. But maybe Duke's freshmen are not ready for that kind of defensive juggernaut kind of from and, and the way that they're going to scheme up and Tony Bennett coaches up point. that defense so yeah. you know you guys were looking at it from the negative side I, I look at it kind of as a positive for for Virginia they've been one of the best teams in one of the best programs in college basketball for the last five or six years and just because Duke's recruiting class listen we know Duke's going to get theirs they're going to win a lot of games and they're going to do it in a wow kind of fashion. But I think Virginia is going to be that team that is often forgotten about or kind of looked down at negatively after their performance last year against UMBC. And you say, wow, that's a really good team. Are they going to win it all? I would definitely not bet on it. But I think that's a team that in, 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 a, in a very good ACC, that's, that's going to certainly have a nice season. You know, out of those big teams like the Dukes and the Kansas – you know, you look at Virginia, and like obviously they're in the top ten, but you look at them as a very underrated team. But it has to be one of the most frustrating teams to play as an offensive player that they play defense for that full shot clock every time down the floor. It's like playing West Virginia. Yeah, like yeah, with the press. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. I mean, it's that. But my thing is, I think that looking ahead to the tournament, they're going to be worn down. I think they'll have a good regular season because you're right. That defense does work, and it stifles those guys. But when you're playing back-to-back games and stuff, you just see them getting tired. I mean, last year, of course, they should have made a run. You're not going to lose well, one to a 16 seed. They were the that number was, one overall seed. That was year. that was crazy, and that had nothing to do with them being tired. But I don't think that they're going to be able to continue on due to that. I, they're obviously not going to lose in the first round again this year. No, I, I think they're a sweet happening. 16 team. Yeah, but I don't I don't think they make it any further than that. But let's move on to our next team here in North Carolina. This team confuses me because, I mean, Luke May is in the running for National Player of the Year. What the hell? What the fuck is that? I mean, I know he had a good national championship game two years ago, um, and whatnot. But and and they did get a their best recruit since Harrison Barnes in, in seventh Woods. But I mean, Luke May does not. He's a nice guy. He's welcome on the pod anytime. We're having guests now, as you can see. Yes, we are. Um, with Will Smith, the Will Smith. But 
I just don't see that this team making it very far. I mean, if Luke May is going to be, you know, one of the players of the year, I think Tom Bocino could be player of the year. Okay, all right. That sounds good to me. But, uh, you know, UNC is going to be able to pull that. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, listen, I just don't think they have enough talent. They don't. They don't. And they have to play Duke twice. I mean, you have to play Duke twice. You're not going to win the ACC. Duke's going to. You don't see them winning that game in Chapel Hill. No, and I, I really, I see Duke maybe slipping up once in the ACC. You know, maybe on the road, like you said, against Virginia. You know, but I don't. uh, You know, they're just not talented enough to hang with Duke. Where do you think that at the end of the season, where are they, a five seed? Yeah, four five, four five. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yep. I'm probably going to say every team's a four five. Every team's a four five. Every team. The Johnnies. Nah, St. John's will be like a nine seed. Although they are the best team in the Big East, but we will get to that later. Yeah, because the Big East has has been turned on its side a little bit early on. It absolutely has. But let's move on to the next team, the number eight team, um, the Michigan national championship team from last year. Well, they didn't win, but they went. Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, and they got a little bit of a revenge because they just dismantled Villanova last week in Villanova. You know how I feel about revenge games. I think Villanova will take that national championship over. over I, 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 don't, I don't know. What do you guys think I don't about? disagree I with, with you, that, but I, I was shocked. That was an ass whooping. Dude, that game was yeah, never Villanova close. is bad, and I mean. They lost to Furman. Yeah. They lost to Furman. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not good, and. It's, they fell out of the top 25. and what were Rightfully so. Of course. Are they 500? They're 500 team? They're a 500 team right now. They're 2-2. Two and two. I just checked their record before we went on. Um, and, I mean, they lost everyone. They lost how many picks? They lost their three top guys last year. I mean, they lost... Obviously, they lost DiVincenzo, who was supposed to be... If, they, if DiVincenzo was on this team, they're probably a top five team. This year, to be honest, I would agree with you. He exploded. They lost Spellman, who's on the Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, DiVincenzo's on the Bucks, and they lost the the National Player of the Year. Did he deserve it? No, but uh, Brunson on on the on the uh, Dallas Mavericks. So they do have a top twenty five basketball player that they got this year, but he's a freshman. He's a good point guard out of uh, New Jersey, but and I obviously don't know his name. Don't even ask. But I I know I know I'll exactly who he is. But the, aside from that, this team just doesn't have a talent. Just doesn't have the talent, and I think honestly, Jay Wright was shocked that DiVincenzo went. I think so too. And and you gotta go. I mean, the guy oh, yeah, had that the tournament. You had that tournament. You gotta go. That right your 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 draft status will never be higher. No, he went 16th. Yeah, you're risking injury. He didn't even start, especially when you knew that this class coming in, like you're not going to be a top five pick. So go for that. He doesn't have that, that tournament. He's not going in the first round. In the oh, NBA no. He's not even not. on a draft board, period. No, he stays, I think, if it wasn't yeah. for that run. He maybe, maybe this I year was, I like was tw- surprised because even though Villanova, they, they lost all those players, as you mentioned, I, I still think that they're the, they're the class of the Big East, but that was a really... That has been a really tough start to a season. I mean, getting punked by Michigan and I mean, then the, by and then losing absolutely. Furman, the as well fact said, that, I mean, that's that's really the fact bad. That you already you have lose two losses games. and you haven't even started your conference play yet. That's, so when that's you say crazy. every team's a five, I don't know, man. These might be games that already are too late. I mean, if and if you know they're going to lose a game or two during conference play, yeah. and if they get bounced early in the Big East tournament, you're looking at a seven, eight seed. Yeah, I was going to say eight, nine, somewhere in there. For yeah, Nova. yeah. yeah. Lord knows. I mean, this team could go the complete other way and not even make the tournament. That would be that would that be, be a shock. I would play. be. I would I could be, see that be them have to play a first round game in the Big East and lose that game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're definitely not getting a bye this year. I'll tell you that. In the Big East tournament. Maybe your Johnnies get them. 
Well, we'll talk about that later, Sean. Relax. <laughs> He's too here. excited over yeah, there. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it in my pants. All right, so let's move on to the Kentucky Wildcats. And listen, this Kentucky team continues to produce NBA players. Shea Gilders Alexander looks like an absolute stud out there. but And Kevin Knox. I mean, come on, that's my guy. Um, keep but again, Calipari's got a couple top recruits. This team doesn't do too much for me. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, you know, they're like, they kind of remind me of Duke, but like, it, it's the same thing that I said before. A Kentucky team in November and a Kentucky team in February, March are going to be two totally different teams. I yeah. think Kentucky also goes far in the tournament. I don't think they win at all, maybe to the Elite Eight. But uh, they're First game team. of the season, they played Duke, right? And got smacked. And they yeah. got their asses handed yeah. to them. That game was not. First game of the year, though. It like, wasn't yeah, close from the opening tip. Game. But no, I, I agree with you, Will. Like, honestly, like, we know Kentucky come tournament time, they're ready to go. And they're always, Cal Perry always has them playing. They're at their best come the SEC tournament and by selection Sunday. I don't expect them to win it all this year, certainly not, but they still have talent that if they go to a Final Four, I would I would not be surprised. That SEC tournament's going to be a fun tournament to watch. You have four teams in the top 15. That's not like, you know, like the SEC has been. It's no, this is this is ACC level right now yeah, as far as yeah. depth is concerned, especially top-heavy depth. And look out for Memphis, too. I mean – you well, got Penny Hardaway there. I know. Well, they're in the they're in the American. I know they but are. They're, but they're, they're, I just remember that because of Calipari, and I know we're not going to talk about them later. So right. I, I mean, I think I think they got the number one recruit next year too. Yeah. yeah. I think no, Mem- I, I think Memphis next year is is gonna is gonna be a, a top ten team, maybe yeah. even a top five come preseason poll time. Uh, but obviously, I think Kentucky speaks for themselves. Uh, they're they're a great program. They're coached very well, and I expect them to just be in the top ten or just outside the top ten all year. Um, segwaying to another SEC team that you guys have mentioned already is Auburn. What do you guys think about Auburn? You know, Bruce, Bruce Pearl's my guy. I really like him. Um, and I just think this is a veteran team. They returned a you lot like cheaters, of guys. right? Uh, well, he's a big, big, you like cheater big cheater guy. Big cheater guy. Um, but they also play good <laughs> defense. They, you know, they had Duke on the ropes. You know, they played a good game against Duke and, you know, another team that could have said, oh, a couple shots here and there. We could have beat that team. But they play good defense. And, like, in the SEC is very – you got to play good defense. You got to play good defense to beat those teams, and they played good defense against Duke, and they just didn't. They just didn't come out at the end. So what you're saying is they play good defense. They play good defense. <laughs> They're battle tested. <laughs> that's right. Another yeah, battle tested. Don't steal my term. Um, uh, but yeah, that's. <laughs> but no, I think Bruce Pearl's a great coach, and Auburn's been really good now for a few years. I mean, they've they are a team that is just physical and fast, and I like watching them play basketball. I expect them to be very much relevant in the in the SEC all year. And if they were, you know, the team playing the best come SEC tournament time, I wouldn't be shocked. Absolutely. So that is the top ten. Let's go a little more rapid fire here now because some of these teams I don't think we're going to see in the top 25 by the end of the year. Next up we got Michigan State. Veteran team. Veteran team. And you have Tom Izzo. You have Tom Izzo coaching that team. But see, I, I see. That's I want to talk about this. Izzo, Izzo, and we have been in. The, we just started our podcast last year during college basketball, and we were shitting on Tom. Izzo. I, I am. I don't understand his this narrative of like, oh, like it's March against yeah, March. Yeah. Mar- like he's won one. Yeah. Yeah. In two thousand. Yeah. 2000. He's lost a lot of early round games. I, I, am I missing something with him? It, it just come their team, even though they lose in those games, it's just like if you look at that Michigan State team, regardless of who they have on that team, if it's you know all veterans or all freshmen, 
Um, they always play better come March. It doesn't matter who they play. You're like, oh, they're never going to beat this Wisconsin team. And then they end up beating Wisconsin, you know, in the Big Ten. Like, it's one of those teams. And then they choke in the tournament. I don't know what it is. You know, you lose to Middle Tennessee State. Or you but see, that's that's my whole thing. Like, you, if you're going to have this lore behind your name as a head coach, you, you better be able to back it up with more than one national championship when your team is consistently a one or two seed. And they've lost way too many games for me to be like, yeah, listen, in the Big Ten, they're probably winning the Big Ten. They are as good as you can get. I mean, Michigan obviously is right there, but I expect them to be, you know, right at the end there of the Big Ten for the both the regular season and the conference championship. But our, I have no confidence in that team, whether they're drawing a one, two, or three seed to get to this Final Four. Yeah, you know, this year's going to be tough to get to the Final Four, especially with those teams that we talked about already. But there's just something about that Michigan State team. They, they play better in, you know, March, but then it comes to the tournament and they just choke. You know, I like Tom Izzo a lot, but, you know, they can't get past those 15 seeds or those 13 seeds. I know, or it's crazy. It and that's kind of how Duke was for a few years. Obviously, they cleaned that up. We saw that be basically all the time with Gonzaga and Villanova. I mean, they were the kings of, of getting upset and bounced early. But, you know, for Michigan State now, it's kind of been a, tr a reverse trend. He hasn't – they haven't done a whole lot as far as advancing and, and wowing you for – and this kind of whole magic behind play or March Izzo is – yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. Like and nickname get big game, big game James. Yeah, James Shields, <laughs> right. Yeah, right? James Shields, who coughed up every big game that he pitched in. Yeah, it's some of these. I feel like once you do something once, it's like everybody remembers you for that. It's it's like I mean, I don't know no if he's that me. much better of a coach than Bill Self. To be honest with you, no, he's not. And I, Bill I, Self gets a lot of flack. Uh, Bill Self gets a lot of flack because he also has that one national championship in 08, thanks to Myrell Chalmers, and um. Like he also is one of those teams that you know you lose to these Bradleys and these Northern Iowas with these nobodies on them, especially when you have Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid on the same team. Granted, Joel Embiid was hurt, but it's another team that gets to the Final Four every once in a while, and you're like, ah, oh, maybe this Kansas team can do it. And then they play a team like Villanova and lose by 30 in the Final right. Four. That you can't have. Good teams don't get blown out. Right, and that's kind of yeah. the parallel that I was trying to draw with Izzo. Is I think he's a fi very fine coach. Don't get me wrong, and a Hall of Famer at that, but. When people complain about Bill Self and then they talk about Izzo as if he's, you know, this wonderful big game coach, I look at them very much in the same light. They're not Calipari. They're not they're not Krzyzewski. They're not Roy Williams even. No, no, not at all. And, and it's crazy because you have a guy like Jim Beheim who has the opposite persona and his teams, he's taken a lot of bad teams that should not have well, been there he's the final four he of He also has reversed the trend because he had a, a, a string there of really good teams that lost early. And no, now he's taken teams that you don't think nearly are as good but and they go all the way to the final That's exactly four. my point is that he you can't buck the trend you can't buck the nickname. You can buck the trend but you can't get rid of the nickname where it's like uh, Tom Izzo forever will be known as a guy who gets a team better in March rather it happens or not. And Jim Beheim seems to suffer a different fate where it's like he could take a team that definitely doesn't deserve to be there to the final four. And they're going to be like, well, he can't win in March. He's only done it once with any. He needed a mellow to do it. Right. And it's just crazy that it seems like in college basketball, this shit never changes. 
No, but I, agree I guess with you. that's because these guys coach for a hundred years, right? At the same program, generally, you know. I mean, you, and if they do move, yeah, they go no unilateral. They they'll go from you know one great school to another. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think uh, one thing before we go on to the next one. One thing with Bayheim is you know why he probably does good in the tournament, which I think is you know he plays that vaunted two three zone that they don't play in basketball anymore. Yeah, that's right like now, and a lot of teams don't have to face that. That's like game. playing uh, the triple option in, in college football. It's like you just don't see it and you're not prepared for it at all. Yeah, and if you run it well, you know, you're, you're going yeah, all the way. Yeah, if you're Citadel playing Alabama, that's baby, right. you you're can t- have tied at halftime. You're tied at halftime, and, and Syracuse can beat the best teams if that 2-3 is really operating, clicking on all cylinders. As long as they're hitting cylinders. their shots, absolutely. Yep, for sure. All right, so let's move on to the next team, um, number 12, Kansas State. What do we think, guys? You gotta go through Kansas. You gotta go through Kansas. Yeah, the, the Big, Big Twelve. 12 is really I, I I think that that you could use for every Big Twelve team. You're yeah, gonna have to get through Kansas, which mo- which they which they can't. Number thirteen, Virginia Tech. Gotta go through too many teams. They're in too the many ACC. teams. They're a good team in the ACC, but not good enough. This, they were, if this was a different conference. year, if they were, if, if this was, was a Big Ten, they could win the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah. If this was a different year, I would put them as one of those teams that's gonna that that you could look for to win the ACC. But that's not gonna happen. Nah, ACC is stacked this year. Luke May is the best player on the planet. But let's move <laughs> on to number fourteen, Florida State. Zion. Who? <laughs> yeah, right. And for number fourteen, Florida State. Zion's not even the best player on his own team. That's what's crazy. That, I know. Um, Florida State. ACC, ACC, but I, this team I like more than Virginia Tech. I mean, if you I don't, agree. if you don't very remember, athletic, very athletic. Oh, they're always very athletic. But if you remember last year, their head coach in the uh, in the tournament didn't he like forget about something about it? It was a long time. It was the it was the he didn't call the timeout. Yeah, that. I mean, I just that's bad coaching. But again, maybe he just had a lapse right there. Fifteen Mississippi State, and you mentioned them earlier. I think you mentioned them too, Sean. They they have. They're an athletic team, and they could be a decent team in this SEC. I just think this is not their year. I, they have to, you know, obviously run through Kentucky, and you know, you have those Auburns in the Tennessee. Like exactly. This is just but that's tough. one of those teams that might sneak up on you. You know, Kentucky has to go there on a you know short week. They just played, and they have to go play Mississippi State, and you know they're looking ahead because they play Auburn next week or something like that, and that's a game Mississippi State wins. Yeah, and Mississippi State. Uh, the thing with them that I like is they have. They have that physicality of like a floor of like a Florida State, but when you watch them play, there's by name you don't really expect it, but you watch them play like th- this team is very legitimate. Like this is yeah. not a team they're, that they're, they're that definitely you building something. Is, I mean, they had a they had a t- first round pick last year, and the guy that went to the Celtics, they, they had some good players. Yeah, they're not they're not frauds. Like they're they're a legitimately good team, and come tournament time, I wouldn't be shocked to see them make a little bit of a run. Number sixteen, UCLA. Yeah, I mean, this is our first Pac-12 team, right? Like, that's again, the are, they, are they following? Who, who else the, plays basketball? They're, in the Pac-12? they're, they're following Conference Oregon. champions. Bill Wal- Bill Walton would wring your neck. Bill Walton is high every time he broadcasts a game, so I'm I, pretty I don't know sure he's referenced dropping acid a couple times on. Couple, the, yeah. Welcome <laughs> on the pod. That's for sure. We'll have a fun pod with him. Oh God, dude. Yeah, he he would be something. He would be a good get. But we no, I'd be sober. We have to take it with him. But I mean, so that goes without saying. The Pac the Pac-12 though is. Honestly, this is just it's like football all over again. Now we just gotta talk it in basketball terms. Like who is out there? Are you expecting to see this conference kind of go through just through ebbs and flows where every week you look like there's somebody new? I mean Oregon's got ball ball. You know, like it's, yeah, Oregon I, mean, I think is is a really solid team, but they're not I think they're not a that sleeper. Yeah, they're honestly. not highly ranked. But I, what does UCLA have? Like I haven't really even seen them play this year. I have not seen them play much either. They don't really have any big name players, but they I mean ball ball the guy's pulling up from Curry. Seven three. Yeah, at Oregon, yeah. I mean listen, but 
he's skinny. He can get pushed around by a six-nine guy. So are you saying that UCLA shouldn't be ranked as high, and that Oregon is the team to look for in the Pac-12? Yeah, I am. Uh, I could see Oregon beating UCLA. To be honest with you, I just think that they have they're returning more players, and that they could be they could be a little bit better. But I mean, again, it doesn't matter. The Pac-12 is not good at all. Yeah, I mean, somebody will get a nice seating probably just for winning that. You know, it's a it's a Power Five conference. Um, Is it? Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. It is. It is is by name, and that's and it will always, no matter how down it is. It's like when the SEC is down. You know, Florida. Conference of champions. Yeah, (laughs) true. True. You know, Florida. Those Florida teams that were getting one and two seeds, other than Kentucky, who did they ever have to play? So, um, moving on to the next team here, what do you guys think about LSU? Nothing. They have a terrible Absolutely coach. Nothing. He's a great recruiter, but I mean, come on, the Ben Simmons team didn't even make the tournament. I mean, come on, can you name a couple players from LSU? Tyrus Thomas, Shaq. Yeah, Shaq obviously. Ben Simmons. Ben right. Simmons there obviously. you go. There's there's your there's your LSU pedigree. Pistol Pete Maravich. True. You cannot forget Throw about him. Back. Thank yeah. God you remembered that. I'm very bright. Um, but so I I think I think that LSU is just going to get swallowed up in this really now deep and talented SEC. Yeah, absolutely. They're not going to be in the top 25 for long, um, especially after you start conference. Play. I think this is just one of those, you know, we, this is the most updated poll, and you you look at them and you say they just haven't played anybody yet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 18, you got TCU. They did beat Memphis. That was one game that they had, but that shows Memphis isn't ready for they're this not year. Ready they're, next, no. they're next year. No, they're going to be starting next year when Penny can get a new class in there. TCU 18, Big 12. Big 12. I mean, you got to play Kansas. That's basically what it is. TCU is athletic. They got good guards. But uh, they have no big men, and you know you're, you're Kansas going has up, a big man. You're going up sure. against Yudoka Azubuike, who's two men put together. <laughs> in reality, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll we'll just move on from that one. You got Ohio State. This and team's got some pedigree, I guess you would they say. They have two really good wins already this year. Yeah, they do. I think the Big Ten's anybody's anybody in that Big Ten, you know, except for you know Illinois maybe and you know, Maryland. Maryland in the Big Ten in basketball still? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, Maryland's Maryland's not a team that I really look at that yeah, they are. They're are the they in the 10. ACC or the Big Ten? No, they're in the Big Ten. Yeah. They're in the Big they Ten. They moved, right? Yeah. They've been in the Big Ten for a few years now. Uh, they, 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 we sure. All right, keep I'm 100%. Okay. percent Because they play, they play, they just played Ohio State in football. It's the same, it's the same conference. Um, but I look at Ohio State. I hate when Sean's right. They have, well, if, if you stop doubting me and just let me answer the question that you asked, we'd be fine. Now you just want to see me be wrong, but it's not going to happen. Um, Ohio State has two really nice signature wins already, one of which being on the road at Cincinnati. I don't know if that was people just hyping up Cincinnati for playing in an American that a lot of people don't think is that good, or if... Ohio State's better than people thought, but that was a really, really strong win. I was impressed by that. And now you're looking at this Big Ten and you say, why not Ohio State, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good segue because the number 20 team in the country is Maryland. I mean, this is always a well-coached team, and they always are, you know, any any top five team is on upset alert when they play. But they seem, though, like they've just been... You've been waiting for them to take that next step for a few years now, regardless I of mean, the yeah, they recruiting had, they class. They had some good recruits. I mean, I remember Mello Tremblay made a lot of noise, and, and he brought them to... Diamond Stone. Yeah. Great name. It's a couple a couple good years. I mean, they what? They won the national championship with Steve Blake? Yeah, in, in, in 2002. Against uh, like Georgia Williams Tech? Years. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was that was a... You know, I think Maryland is a team, though, again, that they're... They're the reverse of a team like a Mississippi State or LSU. Like they're 
they're not great, but because of the conference they play in, if they generate a little bit of momentum, they take down OSU, they take down a Michigan or Michigan State. I, I expect them because I don't think that even Michigan and Michigan State. I don't look at them as world beaters. Like I don't look at them and say they are the undisputed. Just write them up as the as the champions of the Big Ten. No, like you do with uh, Kentucky in the SEC or a Duke in the ACC. So I think that if Maryland can can get a little bit of momentum, win a few games, I think them and Ohio State are going to be kind of nip and tuck all year. Yeah, you just got to you know play Michigan State, obviously, and you know Michigan State's obviously the favorite to win the Big Ten, and you know you beat them on their home court. And obviously now we know Michigan's legit. Michigan's legit as well. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to the next team, Clemson, number 21. Come on. I mean, anybody that I think is in the 20s now is probably not going to be ranked come two weeks from now. Also, yeah, you play when the you ACC. start conference play. You right. play ACC, you got to play all those big teams. You're not going to be ranked. That's, a, that's the tough part because now we're about to, like, you get three Big Ten teams in here with talking about. Now, I, I will tell you this, just, you know, you've got Purdue in here, you got Wisconsin, you got Nebraska, and you got Iowa. Those are all Big Ten teams. Yeah. But I think Iowa is the one, at least for me, they're the one that stands out the most to me because I watched them very handily beat Ball Ball and Oregon and then turn around and overwhelm a young UConn team that just dispatched Syracuse the night before. Yeah. So I look at Iowa and I was like, you know, they got big guys hitting threes as, you know, generally the Big Ten teams do. Uh, They move the ball super well. They play great defense. And I I think that – at the, I think that they're a team that they might not win the Big Ten, but come tournament time, you're Listen, looking I, at Iowa and say, that's not somebody we want to face. I exactly. think this Clemson program is on the come up. I think that the football team has a lot to do with that, just really building up that school period. Because the one thing I will say is they were in the running for Zion Williamson. And, yeah. and everybody thought he was going to sign to Clemson. No one thought he was going to go to Duke. And just the fact that Clemson was in that conversation to get Zion, right. that's a pretty interesting thing right there. And I think that in a few years you could see them in a top ten. That's fair, yeah, especially if they can recruit those kind of athletes. Absolutely. It just only takes one. Yeah, yeah, it takes one top 10 recruit to get a top, be a top 10 team. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And if you start getting one, then the, the floodgates open. You can get a lot. So let's move on to the— I mean, we just talked about the four Big Ten. You know, you've got Purdue, Nebraska, Iowa, and Wisconsin. All right, what do you so think about those talk. guys? I'm sorry I, was just, I'm, I'm sorry I spoke. Like, I, think that, I think that Iowa's the cream of those teams, yeah, right? Iowa, do you look at a Wisconsin or a Nebraska no. and say, wow, like those are teams that right now heading into the Big Ten will maybe something change your mind? I don't know. Wisconsin's always that team that finds a way to beat these teams, and you're like, okay, but they have How? nobody. They have no athletes. You right. Know, they, you know, When's the last time they had like a legit athlete, Nigel Hayes, when he played mm-hmm. there? But like, they're another. They're team. a 1970s college basketball fan. Yeah, exactly. Wet dream. Yep. Yep. They play yeah, that. Exactly. It's like they, Hoosiers out there. Yeah, they play that that very old style of methodical basketball defense, not making many mistakes. They play a lot of games in the 40s and 50s. So, but I think out of all those teams, I look at Iowa at least from early season. Now that they're we well have some games, veteran, so. yeah. that that's a team that to me is I I think that they're the best of that back end of the top twenty five, and they'll just continue to move up. Absolutely. So we already talked about Will's Kansas Jayhawks because they were in the top twenty five. But why don't we just talk about because we went up and down our conferences pretty much. We don't have to talk about the major conferences. We'll get into that when we do our previews. Why don't we talk about UConn and then I'll gush about St. John's for about two seconds. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I really like what what I've seen Danny Hurley do at UConn. Like, I, I really have. Like, he's he's got that team. Is that your basketball dad or no? That's my thing. I, yeah, I'm not going to say he's my dad, but I'm very happy. I'm very happy with him. You knew that I loved that hire when they took him from um, – when they took him – 
from Rhode Island who he turned that program into a really solid program in a good Atlantic 10 conference, an underrated Atlantic 10 conference. And when I look at Danny Hurley, what I've seen early this year is he plays the press on defense. So UConn causes a lot of turnovers. You saw Syracuse looked kind of, you know, very, they were very out of sorts in that game. And the other thing too, is it's not going to get much attention from anybody outside of UConn, but they're beating the shit out of teams like Cornell and teams like that. That last year, those were dog fights. They lost to Monmouth, Tulsa. Until, no, I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about like teams like New Hampshire. Like, oh, like you can't you, you can't lose those games, and they and those games aren't even close now. So you, you're not losing to Wagner. You're doing just fine. So that's what I like from her way. This team's a year or two away, but Jalen Adams is playing real well. They they definitely have a different edge to them, which is fun to see this year. That that that's a coach that UConn needed. He's a player's coach. You know, he's chest bumping his guy after a big play. You, I mean, you got to love that as a oh, player. You just got to love it. Yeah, he he and he knows good recruiter. Yeah, and yeah. he's a good recruiter. He's a really good Xs and Os guy. And the other thing too is he can inspire. Like Kevin Ollie really was the he didn't inspire anybody there. Like that team was so underwhelming the last few years losing those bad games. And like I said, UConn's a year or two away, but I do look at them as a team where it's like, you know what? When they play in Arizona or they play a Villanova or teams like that, I'm like, hey, those teams are they, they might get punked. Like UConn can do that. They've got some they've got some athletes, they can hit the three, they play press defense now, which I like. They're a year or two away, but you know, maybe they sneak into the tournament as a ten seed. I guess he comes from a pretty good basketball family. What do you think, Tom? Who? Oh, really? Eh, yeah, I, I would say so, that's for sure. I don't know how Arizona State's playing this year though. I'm not sure, but I have not mentioned them yet. Uh, nope, but they I mean to Dan, Danny Hurley, that whole Hurley family tree, God, can they coach? Yeah, absolutely. But we'll move on to the uh, St. John's Red Storm. So they are 5-0 and right now, and I know it's out of conference, but they beat a pretty good VCU team a couple days ago. Should have lost because they fouled the shit out of the guy on the, on the final shot, but this team goes as their two guards go, period. They're, I've never seen a shorter rotation than what Chris Mullen uses. He literally only plays his starters and maybe one other player. But Shimori Pons and Mustafa Hendon are two of the best guards in the country. And they have one of the best backcourts in the country. Listen. And keep an eye on Shimori Pons. He will be in the national. I think probably Zion or R.J. Barrett or something wins. (laughs) Shut up. One of of those Duke guys probably wins national player of the year. But... I mean, the guy's averaging like 30 points a game. He could, he will be a top five. In college basketball, especially now that it, it's pretty obvious that Villanova is not what we thought they were. And if the you have is re- wide if open. you have really good guard play, dominant guard play, as St. John's does, you can go far. St. John's has not had a big man in about four years. But aside from that, I mean, they've been a guard-heavy team every year, and they've sucked for the last four years. But they don't suck this year because they have two great guards. That's the bottom line. And I think that, honestly, I think this team can win the Big East. I mean, right now, I'm early, early on, on, why Why, I'm gonna why say not? I said it out loud. Why it not? so good. I mean, Villain- November 22nd. November 22nd. It's on the record. I think St. John's can win the Big East. So I mean, now are you saying you think they will, or do you think they, or do you say they think they can, or do you say they will? I think they can. Give me a couple weeks, Sean. I don't know. You're making proclamations here on the on the tw- on Thanksgiving. Uh, listen, I they think are a really good team, though. There's, you have reason to be excited about that. Another team, Georgetown. Look out for my guy Mac McClug. That guy's insane. 
But um, most yeah. athletic white boy I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> Am I wrong? No, no, no not <laughs> wrong at all. Not yeah. wrong at all. We're gonna come back with the uh, college football. Sorry, the NFL. Jesus Christ. Oh, Tom wants to talk more college football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, big college football guy. It's on yeah. the brain. It's yeah. on the brain. We're gonna be coming back with Tom Machino, pod, big college two. football guy, big cheater guy. Yeah, big absolutely. cheater guy. Um, part two of this fiftieth episode. Thanksgiving extravaganza, and we will have that up. Thanks for listening, guys.